Whoa, Nelly! That's right, you've joined us. Uh, people said it was only going to be one episode. How wrong they were. Uh, I was one of the people. Uh, we are back for episode number two, Gone with the Rewind, a uh, movie rewatch show joining the pantheon of the hundreds, nay, thousands of other movie rewatch shows. So I don't know how we stand out. We stand out by being excellent. And part of that excellence is my man, the other side of the pond, joined by Booker T. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good morning for me. Just gone after half past 10 in the morning here in the US. Can't believe we made it to episode two. I know. (laughs) There's hope for us yet. Um, No, this is good. I enjoyed uh, myself. Now, some important things have gone down this week. Most notably, uh, you have invested in some new equipment. I have indeed. So uh, after the first podcast, I was as a as a former DJ and um, man who knows all about sound production, I was mortified to hear myself on the uh, previous episode where you could hear somebody mowing the lawn, you could hear the dog (laughs) panting in the background. And so I went out and invested in a Yeti. Um, I think it's called a Yeti caster. It's got the arm, it's got the mic, I've got a screen. So if I don't sound somewhere close to George Clooney, I'm going to get my money back. (laughs) Okay, all right. I don't know if they offer that in the refund stipulations, but if not, why not? But um, that's good stuff. Uh, anything else you've been getting up to? Uh, we had a little chat um, before we came on offline. I didn't really understand what you're talking about, so explain it to me again, something about pickleball. Yeah, so um, Chief and I, when we were at university, used to play tennis quite a lot. And so I was telling Chief about this sport, which I discovered five years ago and here in the US has steadily started to grow. It was originally meant for the retirement communities of Florida, but has become massively popular with you know people in their 20s and 30s. And anybody who likes a bit of friendly competition, but tennis is a bit of a stretch on the knees, should definitely check out Pickleball. The rough synopsis for you would be, it's a cross between, and this is gonna sound a bit crazy, it's a cross okay, between ping pong and tennis. Right, so you okay. you play with a wooden, that the first um, set you buy is obviously wooden, and then you go to a composite when you become a bit more professional. But it's a wooden paddle um, yeah. that is bigger than a ping pong paddle, smaller than the head of a tennis racket, somewhere halfway in between. Right. And you hit, I guess the best description is, do you know what a wiffle ball is? Wiffle ball? Yeah. I heard of it, but not familiar. So the ball is about the size of um, slightly bigger than a baseball, slightly smaller than a softball. So for you in the UK, slightly bigger than a rounders or a cricket ball. Uh, I don't know what it would be slightly smaller than. And it's plastic, hard plastic with holes in it. Okay. So a very lightweight uh, ball. And basically you play within the service areas of the tennis court. Um, And you can play either singles or doubles. There is a couple of cool little uh, pieces of the game, which is there is an area which is about two and a half feet either side of the net, which is called the kitchen. And you're okay. not allowed to go in the kitchen and volley. You may okay. enter the kitchen and hit a um, a bounce shot, a half volley or something like that, but there is no volume. So you can't just stand at the net and smash the ball down. But it's a, right. it's a really cool game because when you play it as a single, you're running around quite a lot. But when you play doubles, it's more about your rapid reflexes and stuff like that. Okay. But definitely go on YouTube and check out Pickle, just like Branston's Cheese and Pickle. Pickle, okay. 
pickleball. And stay out of the kitchen unless you're baking cookies. Stay out of the kitchen. Um, I've been speaking of tennis. I've been watching a bit of tennis. Wimbledon started over here um, in the. Oh wait a minute, man down. I've got a bet on this guy. I'm watching live. Nick Kyrgios, the flamboyant, enthusiastic, outspoken Aussie, has just slipped on the grass and he's clutching his groin. He'll be out of action for a few days um, in the bedroom. Now, he's quite a showman, right, Kyrgios? He is a showman. He always gets chucked out of tournaments, uh, bad language, throwing stuff, breaking rackets. But um, this has actually been a thing at Wimbledon this year. Serena Williams slipped and went out of the competition um, injured. Manorino was playing Federer yesterday. He slipped and went out of the competition injured. And there's been a lot of complaints about the grass here because it's not been used for any tournament play or anything like that for you know months there was no Wimbledon last year the grass is very green it's very moist and people are slipping and turning ankles and you know all that kind of jazz but um I've got a bet on this guy so let's say ha 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 I watched it back the replay don't look good let's hope he gets up and um gets a win actually I tell you what I tell you did win uh uh bloody England won didn't they beat Germans yes it was a uh, it was a funny old day yesterday I was um I was really venting quite vociferously. I'm not going to give anybody my Twitter name because you'll just go and look at just how angry and miserable and bitter and twisted I can be. That's basically what I use Twitter for, is for me to uh, just vent. And um, I was very upset with his team selection, very upset that he left everybody on the field for as long as they did. But hey, a win's a win. You know, what can you say? Yep, yep. And now they've got Ukraine, I think, in the quarterfinals. They have uh, also watched that game, and um, very interestingly enough, there was a very, very bad tackle by a Swedish guy. One of those where he was just off the ground, out of control, a little bit fast, and he hit this guy on the on the leg. And when you see the replay or the frozen pictures, his leg looked like the bow of a archery bow. It was ridiculous. Oh and uh, Gary Lineker said, "Never a red card." Okay. So what do I know? <laughs> what do you know <laughs> well I remember a time when you were playing you told me a story when you were playing like Sunday league football and um, uh, a car came screaming onto the pitch and I think it was one of the players wives and uh, she no uh, you remember the story half correctly it was actually okay. the referee's wife okay and the full story goes we were playing you know football as as chief said Sunday morning all of a sudden we hear this like something from a movie screeching tires and then this car taking off as it comes bounding across this lower field <laughs> to the upper field pulls into the center circle handbrake turn small child in the back seat <laughs> right in her car seat and the woman rolls down her window we're talking old school so she had to wind it there was no electric yeah, window she winds it. down the window and leans out and says i'm going nowhere and then winds <laughs> the thing back up no one knows who she is we're all like looking at each other going who is this woman? And the referee just runs off. And it turns out that he was having a few marital problems. And um, he had left that morning and he had taken his son's matey. If you remember matey, he'd taken yeah, yeah, yeah. the matey bubble, bubble bath to use in the shower after football. And that was the <laughs> straw that broke his wife's back. Um, and so our manager went over to sort of talk to the woman, gets in the car and then she drives off, and we're left with no referee. We've got no manager on our team. And a mashed up centre circle. <laughs> mashed up centre circle, um, but the game went on. I can't remember the final score, but um, yeah, it was it was cool because we didn't know where our manager was. We didn't see him until three hours later in the pub. Yeah, um, yeah, very good. Love it, love it. Yeah, great. Um, 
Listen, um, we are going to be talking movies in a minute, uh, specifically Stir of Echoes. But before we get to that point, uh, hopefully you've got a snack with you. Snacks. Oh, yeah. Snacks. Nachos, potato chips, apple pie, onion rings, peanuts, dried fruit, pretzels, and some sort of crackers, popcorn, chocolate bars, peanuts, beef, jerky, donuts, pancakes, waffles, and some nougat, marshmallows, cookies, toffees, ginger snaps, churros, banana bread, cupcakes, breadsticks, bubble gum, ice cream, fudge fish fingers. Now we're gonna go and eat some snacks. I have got a snack with me, and it's a snack with a story, if you could bear with me. I know I've, I've done a lot of stories this morning, but here's another one. Well, Booker um, T, famous for telling 30-second stories in about 24 minutes. So, Well, you know, why use three words when you can use 400? So on, uh, I went to play golf the other day, and my wife I'll came to pick me on. up afterwards. We were a one-car family, so she dropped me off early, and I was there for a good five hours. Uh, got stuck behind two four balls at the end of the game. When I finished, she said, I, I bought you a snack. And she had bought me, um, quite big in this country, I don't think they're so big in the UK, but she bought me Reese's. Oh yeah, Reese's Pieces or Reese's... Reese's, right, so she bought these Reese's peanut butter cups, but this was with a pretzel. Oh, sounds good. In it. Now, weird thing about me is I love peanut butter, I'll take peanut butter sandwiches, I'll take peanut butter on my pancakes, but I've never been a fan of peanut butter and chocolate in a snack. I don't like Reese's Pieces. Okay. So I said, you know... I explained all this as I was begrudgingly, you know, eating this thing. Because you do when you're hungry, you'll eat it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is not, uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of it. It's a piece of peanut butter chocolate. So I eat this thing whilst explaining to my wife, she didn't know this fact about me, is that I don't like chocolate peanut butter snacks. So fast forward to last night, we stop at a supermarket and we had the dog with us. So one of us had to stay in the car. My wife said, do you want anything? I said, yes, you need to get me a snack for tomorrow morning, I'm sitting down with Chief Dog again. We need a snack to discuss. So you can right. kind of guess where this story is going to end up, right? You know what the finale to this story is already. Maybe. So my snack today is peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was that simple. I don't know if it's a lesson in storytelling or a lesson in listening or, you know, just don't bother saying you don't like something because you'll end up okay. getting it again. But that's what I'm with. I'm with Theo's. Right. Organic peanut butter cups, fifty-five percent dark chocolate. Okay, right. Well, crack them open. Let's uh, let's get your verdict. What let have you got? Tissue. Let me get my tissue paper and my pen ready. Record these scores. All right, I'll go. Shall I go? First? I tell you, what, I'll go first. We'll alternate then. I'll eat my snack first. I'll send you a picture. Um, this is here. We go. This is Ulka Biskrem. Yeah, that's right. You heard correctly. That sounds uh, like a, a bit Nordic. Uh, Ulka Biskrem, B-I-S-K-R-E-M, which I assume means biscuit cream, maybe? Don't know. Uh, and then it's got a picture of cherries on the front. Let's get them open. Let's get them open. Okay, um, looking at looking at your picture now. Yep. Oh. Well, no, maybe that's Polish, actually. Have you gone to the they're, Polish shop again? They're very small. Oh, I was expecting them to be. I'll take you another picture. Great radio, this. I was um. It is great radio. I was uh. Yeah, expecting them to be a bit bigger, but look, they really are bite size. They're hard. I thought they'd be soft like a jaffa cake with a real gooey innards, as it seems on the picture. But they're a hard biscuit and a kind of semi-gooey 
sherry chocolate filling. Um, weird, but could be good weird, could be not good weird. Um, Biscrem. Well, you'd decide that, wouldn't you? That's your job. I'm doing that now. Biscrem grower, 7.5. 7.5 interesting yeah. right okay I'm so gonna, before you get onto that i'm i'm having a double go i'm i'm cheating a little bit, a little bit hungry this morning cheating because i've got a drink as well i send you this this will give you a story so purdy's do you remember purdy's purdy's is the only thing that can help you when you're feeling down <laughs> purdy's is a natural energy drink now they didn't have this flavor when we were around um, raspberry and rose it always used to be the the silver or the, I think there was a gold one wasn't there there were two different versions silver and gold and one was yeah. kind of like um, to help you with your immune system and one yeah. was to give you an energy boost yeah it had like bark in it and stuff it did hibiscus yeah. hibiscus and bark and all kinds of it's basically like a pick-me-up tonic like in the old in the days of the old west where people used to go around shilling their cure-all uh, tonics and ointments and then quickly hot foot it out of town when people realised it was just uh, water with a bit of um, dirt flavouring or something. Uh, I think this is this. This is the same thing. It's just a, it's a myth in a bottle. Purdy's natural energy oh, is it, is it, it's, essential it's, minerals. Uh, snake oil. Mm. Wowzers. That is really good. Go and get yourself a Purdy's if you live in the UK. Anyway, let's hear about these peanut butter cups. Okay, sending you over a picture of the innards right now. Yep. They're heart-shaped, which is uh, obviously going to affect the huh? score slightly, and, and will play Kate me when I chastise my wife about her choice of snacks for me this morning. Now, I'm going this in looks, with... I'm, a, I'm only used to Reese's. This this packaging looks a bit upmarket. looks like you got these from Marks & Spencer or something. Mm. Our version of Marks & Spencer's Healthy Living. Okay. Right. Okay, so... Definitely dark chocolate. Yep. And I'd say that the dark chocolate overpowers a little bit the flavour of the peanut butter inside. Okay. So for me, yes, that's a win. Right. Uh, but I'm still only going to give it six. That's fine. Six. Six out of ten is better than average. After a six for not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get more food stories from Booker T next week. Um, no, good, good. What we can do now is uh, I think we're all in the right frame of mind, in the right place to um, talk about our movie of the week, which is Stir of Echoes. Uh, what we do need to do, though, is we need to go and watch it quickly. We gave our pre-movie pre-movie rewatch Baker's Dozen rating. Well, that's a mouthful. You gave it 11 out of 13 based on your previous memory of it i give it 8 out of 13 let's see if those scores change uh, up or down or stay the same after we've watched it and discussed it give us uh, 10 seconds we'll go and speed watch this two hour movie or so and we'll be right back catch us on the flip side you're listening to gone with the rewind with chief and brett okay we're back uh, we have watched this movie uh, i assume you have actually I have, yes. Yes, okay, good. It's a good start. Right, we both went in over average here. You went very high, 11 out of 13. You even said last week that it was maybe one of your top 10 supernatural horror thrillers. Horror, horror thrillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went in with an 8, having remembered it, having liked it, having only seen it once. My score is definitely going to change. That's interesting. 
Okay. Let's just hold that thought for a second. Yes. I did give it a big score because I remember at the time when I watched it that it was one of those movies, doesn't happen very often, but one of those movies that definitely had the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. There were some classic scenes in there, you know, the one where the person sits forward and then when they sit back, oh, there's a ghostly apparition on the couch next to them, that sort of thing. I would say on second watch, I am also going to change my score. Okay, well... Before, I tell, I tell you what, I have missed something because I did want to do this and I missed it. I'm going to slip it in here now. Um, and that is, I like to talk about movies in numbers. And this movie, I'm going to quick quiz you on some movies from this calendar year of 1999. You did the top five movies last time. Uh, but this movie actually, do you, do you want to take a guess at where it ranked um, in, in, in box office revenue for 1999? Well, I do know, I, you know, I get a lot of my uh, movie information from IMDb. So I looked at what they gave it as a as a ranking. They right. gave it a 7 out of 10. So that would tell me that, I mean, 1999 was a good year for movies. I do know that. Um, you had some classics. Classics to us anyway, not to anybody yep, else. Yep. Um, Mystery Alaska was a 1999 movie. Okay, is that Russell Crowe? That's Russell Crowe and the okay. ice, ice skating, ice hockey team up in yep. Mystery Alaska. Another one of your recommendations to me, Galaxy Quest, was 1999 okay. as well. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sigourney Weaver, Sam Rockwell, and uh, yep. uh, and the Tim Sheriff Allen. of Nottingham. What's his name? Sheriff of Nottingham? Well, um, uh, the bad guy in, in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Die Hard. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, yeah, he was yeah. in that. Um, so I will say that probably, are we talking, you want me to tell you where it was in like, the top yeah, just, 100 movies? Yeah, just what it is in the top one hundred. Um, just I've got where, to say, probably in the t- probably in the top twenty-five. Okay, uh, I can tell you that in nineteen ninety-nine, this movie uh, box office revenue put it at number ninety-nine. What? Yes, so ninety-eight movies in that year grossed more money than this. Um, this movie uh, grossed uh, twenty-one million dollars. Uh, worldwide with a budget of 12 million um it it did not do very well which i thought it was more of a well-known movie i spoke to my buddy ben flying retro and i said i was watching stir of echoes for the pod this week and he's like what what's that i was like what do you mean you're a movie man you know stir of echoes kevin bacon he goes no i never heard of it um so maybe this did slip under most people's radar um i do want to know what film it beat in position 100 uh i will give you the synopsis (laughs) A baby boy discovered... I'll do it in a movie voice, actually. A baby boy discovered in 1900 on an ocean liner grows into the musical prodigy, never setting foot on land. I've never heard of this movie. I've never heard of that. I'm going to give you the cast just to see if it does it help. Uh, Tim Roth is in it, and that is the only person I know who's in it. Um, it's a drama music romance... It is nearly three hours long, and I'm just going to tell you, it's called The Legend of 1900. I have never... Yeah, Ben Retro, here's one for you. I've never, (laughs) ever heard of that film. Okay, and the movie that uh, beat it in position 98, I'm going to have to X out some of the character names, because that will give it away. So, um, question mark is contacted by his alien family through his breakfast cereal. But when the men in black kidnap him, it's up to question mark and the gang to rescue question mark and help him reunite with his long lost family. He's contacted through his breakfast cereal. Yes, yes. Um, yep. Don't know. This this is a voice acted movie. 
It's not animation. It's it's a puppet movie. Oh, Muppets in Space? Muppets from Space. I'll give it to you. Ding, ding, Muppets ding. Muppets from Space. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, oh. that's enough. Uh, we, that's enough uh, movies in numbers. Uh, more, more quizzing for Booker T next week. But stir of echoes. So I saw a guy who got a two-inch needle stuck into his arm while he was under hypnosis. Didn't feel pain. Okay, Kreskin, prove it. <clears throat> Hypnotize somebody. Yeah, do me. No. Come on. What's the worst that can happen? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I know that song. Are you okay? What the hell did she do to me? I see a red door and I want to paint it black. He hasn't gone to work. He sleeps like 12 hours a night. Why are you digging? The man's switch got flipped. He's a receiver now. She's taking him away. She was here. What's the problem? I thought this movie started out strong from the point of view of getting to the point early-ish because too many movies I find you half an hour, 40 minutes just rambling about until they actually get to the crux of it. But here, you know, he is put under this hypnosis which then brings out his weird kind of supernatural powers if you will at an early stage and he starts you get the screen flashes red and what does that mean and that's just an idea that's chucked away um uh, later on in the movie you never never hear about that again but you know you get hints of something's not right um there's a crime that needs to be solved he is the key to solving it and you get all that front loaded in the first 15 minutes which i liked is that fair that is fair um you know there are a couple of things in there that uh, you know, watching it again, I was drawn to, okay, I get it, but are you going to explain that or is it not that important? Um, right. One of them was the red thing, right? Why does the screen, screen turn red? Is it a warning? And it comes and goes. And the other one was, which they never explained, I guess we're assuming it's because when you're dead, you're thirsty, <laughs> was his need to continually drink Minute Maid. This guy drinks the from the kitchen sink. I mean, he's not allowed at the pickle pickle tennis table because he'd be at the kitchen all the time. Correct. Um, yeah, uh, that's not explained either. And I've got another load of all I when I'm watching, I'm making notes. Most of my notes are just questions. Um, how did the TV still work when there's a massive power cut and yet the kid is still watching the TV? How how is the TV still working? Do we just put that down as uh, supernatural activity? Well, the kid did unplug the TV and it carried yeah. on working. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, sorry, the kid unplugs the TV and it's still working. I guess that's just, you know, that's par for the course with supernatural thrillers. Anything goes, I guess. Well, and correct. Be... When You know, it's one of those things that the TV's been used a few times in different things. Poltergeist, it was used in that. Maybe when you go beyond the grave, you become a master electrician. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to... Um, we don't want to go scene for scene and spell out the whole movie, but just as a brief synopsis, um, this is a guy who gets hypnotised and then he starts seeing visions of a dead girl and as the mystery goes on, he uncovers the dead girl's body and then through flash, through holding her, sees flashbacks of who was the killer, effectively. All the while, he's going slightly insane. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. And And as you remembered... Uh, last episode, there's a great de- there is a small amount of the movie given over to digging. 
<laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, he digs a lot and um, in his garden and then in his basement. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to hold off. I'll hold off my score till the end, but I did not like this movie. Well, um, I there were some things I really enjoyed about it. It reminded me just what an awesome actor Kevin Bacon is. Um, I thought he was great in this film. Uh, reminded me of the things at the time that I really didn't um, like in terms of, not that I didn't like about the movie, but sort of turned my stomach, is the broken fingernail. Oh, uh, yeah, I hate that bit. Yeah, yeah you see I hate it. that bit. I yeah. really like the character who played um, the policeman that they met in the graveyard, the guy called Neil, you yes. know, who was like, your son's got the eyes. Yeah, which again also is a subplot that doesn't go anywhere. It is indeed. I was like, "What's what's going to happen? Is she going to go in, and they're going to be having a séance, and then the girl's going to appear, and all that sort of stuff?" It was, what was going on in that room? Yeah, I don't know. It was. It's. I think it's got. It's. It's trying to be an ideas movie, and it almost has too many, and it can't fulfil all of them to a, to a satisfactory conclusion. Um, and I also really enjoyed the girl who played the hypnotist. I thought that was a good character too. Oh, his sister. I just found her. Uh, his wife's sister. I thought she was just annoying. I thought she was great, especially the uh, when he turns up at house and he's, he's like, "You must unhypnotize me," and she's like, "Can you just calm down? We just smoked a great big fatty." <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want her hypnotizing me in that state. But, um, <laughs> exactly. Even even the kid. Now you you see the kid at the beginning, and he's talking. He's breaking the fourth wall almost. He's talking to the screen to the to the audience. But he's not talking to you. He's talking to a dead girl. Um, that's all kind of sixth sensey, I guess, in a way. Uh, and the kid seems to be the central element. But by about the halfway point, the kid's almost—he's almost disregarded. And he—he he only his only role then is at the end, where he doesn't want to go back home because the missus has taken him away to a family funeral, a family wake, and he doesn't want to go home because he just all he says is feathers. And then you're like, oh, what's that? That's a mysterious thing. And then as it, as it turns out, in his house, where he was going to go back to, there's a shoot, someone shoots a gun in one of the uh, ground floors and it goes up through his bed, through the pillow, and all these feathers come out. And he's like, oh, if he'd have been there, he'd have died. No, if he'd have been there, he wouldn't have been in the bed. Well, there's a big shooting match going on downstairs. He wouldn't have been <laughs> asleep in his bed, would he? I actually thought that was one of my better parts of the film. I was like, That's "Oh, really did you good. really?" <laughs> I liked the feather bit. I thought that was great, and and I was okay. watching it with my wife, and she was like, "Ah, the feathers." <laughs> I didn't even think, you know, from a parent's point of view. Yeah. Well, there's a gunfight going on in my house. I'm not going to say to my son, "You go upstairs to bed." You know, Put I didn't think on that about pillow, that. Son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that, uh, and again, you know. I was thinking I don't want to massively slag it off, you know, because there were some good bits. But I'm just, you know, I, I don't care. I probably am going to uh, because, you know, everyone's right to an opinion. But one thing, another thing I didn't like was the girl. So there's a dead girl and he's trying to unravel the mystery. But I thought it lost a bit of impact and a bit of empathy almost because she's only kind of introduced in flashbacks right near the end. I think if we had flashbacks of her interspersed throughout the movie from the beginning we'd have got to know her a bit better and it would have the mystery would have been a bit a bit deeper a bit more fulfilling when it's resolved but because they only introduce her her attempted I guess assault slash rape attempt right near the end and then you find out one of the college kids of a neighbor uh, suffocates her stuffs her in a wall um, 
and loads of parents are in on it it's almost like a a, a kind of conspiracy but because that all just happens in the last 15 minutes i thought it lost a bit of impact because of that because he's digging but you don't know what he's doing he's for an hour an hour and 20 minutes what's he actually doing yeah there is a you know just going to touch on movies like this if you like this obviously chief has mentioned the sixth sense and i see dead people there's also another one with um harrison ford and michelle pfeiffer called oh yeah what lies beneath um, i don't think and, i've seen that and then there's another one which chief and i spoke about offline uh, called the gift which right. is not to be confused with the movie with um jason bateman is it jason bateman is that his name is he from Ozarks? Uh, is that Jason Bateman? Yes, yeah, yeah. Jason Bateman, yeah. He's good. Not to be him. confused with that, where a friend brings them a weird gift. This is one that was much earlier, and it's with Kate Blanchett, Keanu Reeves, yep. uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Very similar kind of genre okay. with a missing person, a dead person. And, and what I thought about this one is I agree. At the end, when, you know, the girl walked off into the sunset. Yes. Yeah, what did know, that mean? She, she put on her glasses and then she disappeared into that car. You didn't feel as maybe jolly as you should because we didn't really know who she was. And it was kind of weird that she was, everybody knew her. She was a babysitter on the block, but we didn't really yeah. get to know her. No, no. And when they, when they do the flashback, she's walking down the street and one of the, guy, the, one of the frat boys comes out of his house and basically says, come here, come here. It's in broad daylight in the middle of the day. Someone would have probably seen her go into that house anyway. Um, or maybe they did. Well, obviously they didn't. Or they shut up about it. But um, yeah, she was killed like three doors down from where she lived. So I imagine they would have wanted to, um, you know, do a bit more investigation around the area. But, you know, there you go. Um, well, the day she went missing was the only day in that neighbourhood where there was no one on the street because a lot of the film <laughs> was made in that neighbourhood, right? Yeah. And every time you saw it, whether it was a street party or Kevin Bacon just going over the road for a house party or him walking down the road and seeing the postwoman and the barking dog, the streets were packed with people. Yeah. Except yeah, yeah. on that one winter's afternoon when that girl disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I did like. I did like the one hour 39 runtime. It was good. <laughs> I, I uh, thought that they could have drawn it out by maybe making Kevin Bacon dig in the front garden as well as everywhere else because that was the one bit when it got to that I remembered where he ended up finding the body. Okay. And I was like, okay, so he started in the back garden and he's using a hose to wet the ground. Yeah. Why isn't, why isn't the girl giving him a more specific... Since she comes and visits, why can't ah. she visit and point? Yeah, right. that's another thing that I said. Um, he goes to, in when he's trances or when he's under or when he's, you know, hallucinating or whatever, he's, he sees screen, he sees words pop up, doesn't he? Letters pop up on, on a cinema screen or whatever. And the word just says dig. Now, like you said, um, if I wanted someone to find my dead body, I'd be a bit more specific than just dig. Um, because how, what, what made him choose his garden, I wonder? Yeah, are we? Is it another oh, no, it one wasn't. of those things where in the uh, in the afterlife, you're only limited to one word messages? Yeah, dig. We'll just send multiple messages. Then the and, next and time, by, dig yeah. And by the way, he he, the... he dug up the entire garden with his son. Yeah. yeah. Then he dug up the entire basement floor. Yeah. And then he accidentally 
swung while swinging the pickaxe, Whoops. found the the girl in the wall. And by yeah. the way, that was one of the worst constructed walls you've ever seen. He pulled it apart yeah. with his bare hands. Yeah, and maybe dig wasn't the right word she should have used then. Maybe she should have used something like um, basement wall, you know, I don't know, um, excavate or something rather than dig. Excavate, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But again, you know, she appeared, uh, at very, very much at the beginning she appeared and said, can you see me or uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Very early on. And then, you know, there was that time when she grabbed his hand oh, in yeah. the lounge and he more or less saw the entire incident. Yes. So why did she suddenly... And then when his wife went down to light the pilot light because the yeah. bath had gone cold and uh, she she banged her head, was there any real reason for her banging her head? No, I don't, I don't know what was going on there. And it felt like when she was touching Bacon's hand, she was taking all of his his breath all his oxygen out of his lungs so it almost feels like right she's trying to kill him here why is she trying to kill him no wait a minute he's she wants him to find her body to give her some kind of justice so what what's her actual angle here what was did she have to take all his breath away to show him what she was showing him i don't know um you know, and I am, I'm, I'm not, so I don't want necessarily want or need everything spelled out to me, you know, in a, in a jigsaw puzzle fashion where all the pieces fit and it's all, okay, fine. So that's what, that's what, that. I don't mind making my own conclusions and some bits left a bit obtuse, you know, for me to work out, but this just felt a little bit, well, what, what's real, what's actually going on here? Yeah. One of the, one of my major complaints about most movies there's a blanket saying for you most movies these days (laughs) is they don't make them like they used to it used to be that they left a lot up for your interpretation when you watched a mystery film you had to kind of put the pieces together in advance whereas there is a lot of explaining almost to the audience via characters in films these days yeah so as people understand what's going on um and like you say i don't need it to all make sense some of it you know can be a bit but there were so many things the red lights the you know she only appears at certain times and yeah, yeah. you know i'm like how come her body was so withered she'd been in that wall it looked like she'd been in that wall for about five years but her oh, jacket yeah. yeah looked like it just come back from the dry cleaners and how what is the time span there it can't be that much time because well, uh, was is his name kevin dunn the guy Thomas. that Oh, oh, Kevin Dunn, yeah, the guy, yeah, the the, the dad of the guy. The neighbour, did he say six months? Because he said, I've been living with this for six yes. months. Yeah, he did, you're right. Six she months, was yes. quiet, she didn't look good for six months. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the rate of decomposure is on a human body when it's stuffed in a cavity wall, but, you know, maybe it does look like that, but uh, I'm not sure. Yes, top tip, the rate of decomposition on a human body is less than on a raincoat. <laughs> okay you heard it here first yeah. fact science <laughs> watch out for an experiment coming your way soon <laughs> episode three yeah. yeah um okay uh let's um let's do some scores can i just ask a question before you do a score of course, of course you can kevin bacon mm, yes uh, what's your take uh now i good question because i was under the assumption that I really liked and thought he was good, liked him and thought he was good. However, on reflection of this, I'm not too sure. Um, I I don't think he was necessarily given the best script here, but I think he is definitely a 
you know, a good hand, as they would say in the old wrestling parlance. You know, if you need a good solid worker, he's not going to be a superstar. He's not going to injure your main man. He's a good solid worker. He's a good hand. Um, and I think that applies to Bacon. You know, he's not going to win any awards or well, he's won quite a lot of awards, but he's not going to win an Oscar or anything like that. Um, I had a look through his um, filmography, actually, because I was going to, you know, recommend another... I, c- I couldn't think of, other than Sixth Sense, I couldn't think of another movie in this kind of style to recommend, so I thought I'll recommend a Kevin Bacon movie. And I looked through his movies, and I would probably recommend Footloose as my favourite Kevin Bacon movie, but all the other good movies that he's in, and he's in a lot of good movies, I don't know if they're good because of him. Um... So Apollo 13. Yeah, I think that's the one I was thinking that, of as well. But I would think Apollo 13 or Footloose would be my, if you want to watch, or maybe Tremors, but I haven't seen that in a long time. That would be, probably be my Kevin uh, Bacon, if you really need a bit of fix of bacon, if you need a bacon sandwich, go and have one of them. But um, yeah, uh, and well, that's so, uh, yeah, sorry still to good, you, but... st- still like him, but um, not quite as good as I had remembered him to be. If you want a bacon sandwich, it's got to be Footloose, whereas Apollo 13 is more of a... Tom Hanks sandwich. Yeah, yeah. With bacon on the side. With bacon on the side, yeah. So F- Footloose is a good movie, though. So uh, what about you? I, th- I think you were always a bacon fan. I think you still are a bacon fan. I like bacon because I think he's a really good um, supporting actor when you try and think about what bacon vehicles there are out there. I never looked yeah. into his filmography because he seems to have been acting for as long as I've been watching movies, more or less. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, mem- yeah. I remember him in the very first Friday the 13th getting a um, arrow shoved through his neck. Yeah, um, yeah. But when you think about, you know, I think he was in JFK. Was he yeah. in Sleepers? I can't quite remember he if he was yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, a Few Good Men. I know you like that movie. Was he in Flatliners? Yes. Or was that yeah. Sutherland? No, Difficult. no, both of them. Yeah, both of them in that, yeah. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's, ver- he's versatile, which I think is where the six degrees of Kevin Bacon came from. The fact that he'd been in so many movies with different people in different genres, you know, I suppose that speaks volumes for, for, for a guy's longevity if he can, you know, versatile role. So, yeah, maybe I've given maybe I've undercredited him there. So uh, good, good job, Bacon. Yeah, the best bit you said, I think, was you can only work with what you've been given. And I thought that he handled this vehicle really well. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, all right, Baker's Dozen Time. Uh, I do you want to go first or shall I go first? I'll go first because I think All yours right. will be more controversial. I originally gave it eleven out of thirteen. You did. Um, I am going to drop that down one point to ten out of thirteen. I still okay. think it's a great movie. Okay. If you have not seen this movie, please, please check it out. It's well worth right. a watch. I think that unfortunately it suffers from the fact that the score will only go down the more you watch it because you'll yeah. lose that initial impetus of the surprise effects, especially if you've okay. listened to this because we've basically told you everything that's going on anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, very good. So uh, 10 uh, out of 13 for Booker T. Uh, Chief is dropping from an 8 to a 5. Uh, my advice Holy is if you My advice is if you haven't seen this movie, don't waste your time. Don't bother watching it. Um, so there you go. You've basically got two polar opposite opinions. Who do you trust? That's fantastic. Uh, you've got one guy saying, it's not as good as I remember, but you definitely need to check it out. And you've got another guy saying, listen, don't ever watch this movie. <laughs> That's what you want. Okay, well, listen, um, over time, people will, listeners will learn to trust either one of us or neither of us or both of us. So, um, you know, they'll get a, they'll get a, a variety of grading scales there. But um, listen, uh, that is Stir of Echoes. Have you 
got a movie for us to watch for next week. Well, here's the thing. I went through um, a system of trying to think of films I liked, and unfortunately, I got stuck in 1999. Okay, wow. And then I started looking at running times, and that took me down a whole other, you know, I was like, I really enjoyed the fact that Stir of Echoes was so long, and Mystery Men was a real drag, if we remember, from week one. Yeah. And so I went through some choices, and I thought I could really do Chief Bad here because I love right. this movie and I know he doesn't like it. Okay. And we could go with Batman Begins. Um, I love Batman Begins. Oh, I thought you didn't like Bale's, Bale's voice. Oh, ba- sorry, sorry, Batman Begins. I thought you were talking Batman Returns. Batman Begins. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen any of those three. Um, who's the director? Christopher uh, Nolan. Christopher Nolan. I haven't seen any of those for a long time. I, I the second one I definitely do not like uh, with Heath Ledger. I'd probably say the third one is my favourite. Then Batman Begins, and then that. But anyway, you're not picking that, so not picking that. Uh, so then I thought I'd I'd go with the Island. Okay, uh, Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson, directed by Michael Bay. I have seen that once when it came out, but so. that comes in at a whopping two hours and ten minutes. Okay. And well, if so you want to do it, you can. I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you a choice of three, Chief. Oh wow! Dealer's I'm going to give you the island. Yeah. I'm going to give you another 19. Uh, I think it's 1919. I might be a little bit later. Movie, Constantine. Wow. Okay. With Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the movie I've only seen once, but I seem to remember when I watched it. A, I loved it, and B, I thought that it was terribly promoted at the time because if they promoted it better, it should have done better. Yep. And that is John Carter. John Carter. Okay, so quickly, when do you think the last time you watched these three movies was? Island? Give me... The Island I've watched once when it first came out. Yep. Um, Constantine, I've yep. seen probably eight years ago. And John okay. Carter, the last time I watched that was 2015. Okay, so six years. Uh I think I watched John Carter about three years ago, so that is disqualified. Okay. Because uh, we're on this show, we've got a five-year minimum. Um, so now you're giving me John Constantine or Constantine or the Island. Wow, that is <sighs> so tempted by the Island. I I'm going to have to pick that. Okay. Because I think that's going to be an absolute turkey burger. So I can give you, you know, like I said, I think I saw it once when it came out. Michael Bay, big set pieces, Scarlett Johansson, yeah. Ewan McGregor. What else do you remember? They live on a, a virtual island where yeah. you're waiting to get a win of the lottery so as you can get transported somewhere else. And it turns out that that is all not what it seems. Okay. I... Um, what do I remember from this? I remember, yeah, I remember it being, they're dressed in white. There's a lot of orange in the movie. Uh, and they're, they try to escape from this island. And that is pretty much all I remember. Other than, I think at the time, I probably would have given this a 5 out of 10. So we bake it, we baker's dozen that up. And that makes it a 6.5 out of 13 as my pre-watch rating. Uh, I seem to remember at the time I thought it was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I, I, I guess I think that about all movies. Um, well, this is where, this is where you have a life advantage over me because you have somewhat of a Homer Simpson syndrome for movies in that 
you're you're you know he he loves stuff and he's content and when it comes to movies i would much rather love everything than be a grumpy old nadger uh, because it means you're having a better time. If you're watching something and you're enjoying it and you think it's great, then you're clearly having a better time than someone who's just bitching and moaning. So I wish I was in your shoes, uh, but uh, you're mostly wrong. So what, what's your what's your pre-rewatch <laughs> rating for this? I like the fact that you you know you don't leave any er- room for error. You know, it could be that we you know suffer from a difference of opinion, or it could just be that I'm wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your so, pre, you're, you're giving this a 7.5 or an 8 I'm giving this a, a 9 out of 13 oh yeah of course it's out of 13 you're giving it a 9 out of 13 okay yep. we'll see next week uh, whether each of those lives up to the expectations but um, that is about it for this week we will catch you wait a minute uh, someone's at the door just hang there Booker T let me just go and see who it is hello ah oh, Posty uh, uh, Bill bill parcel that's for the missus and and what's that you you got a movie impression for me well lay it on me posty how dare you come in here and shout at me like some junkyard dog i am the president of the united states okay uh excellent work posty um keep um keep doing the rehearsals and the auditions i'm sure you'll land a gig uh, sometime soon but uh, I'll, I'll see you next week for the usual delivery posty thank you very much all right bye-bye uh, that was the posty Booker T, another impression. Uh, I don't know if you heard it. Uh, I, I, was he watching a movie on his phone? Was he watching a, a Jack Ryan No, movie? no, he, he, he well, you, you're giving him a lot of credit there. Um, <laughs> uh, I think he was doing an impression. He went up a little bit high at the end, I thought, um, but I think it was, I don't know the actor's name, you will probably know the actor's name, but it's, he was playing the president in, I think it's that Harrison Ford movie, not clear and present danger the one that came before that or was it clear and present uh uh i'm gonna say clear and present danger clear and present danger i believe is the right one the one that came before was patriot games i think and patriot games was um sean bean and the ira was it is that patriot games possibly possibly it's the it's he he he's the same is he the same character that's in hunt for red october it's the Alec same Baldwin. character in Hunt for Red October um, that's played by Alec Baldwin, then gets played by Harrison Ford. I think he did just two, right? Patriot Games and Clear and yeah, Present and, Danger. And then played by Ben Affleck in The Sum of All Fears. Ben Affleck took over for The Sum of All Fears and then... And then that guy Chris, in the TV show. Well, Chris Pine. Oh, yes, yes. He did one with... Um, who's the who's the English actress from Bend It Like Beckham and the Pirates movies? Yes, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Okay, and then played by the guy from the US Office actor. Yeah, he's also show. from A Quiet Place 2, and he's married to Emily Blunt. Okay, ding, ding, ding. Chief 2, posty nil. Try harder, posty. I don't know if you want to have a word with him uh, for next week. Well, I'll talk to him. Uh, maybe the problem with the postman is, yeah. I think, you know, I'm, I'm just surmising. I don't know the postman. He's your postman. I've never met him. But I think his problem is that his impressions are just too realistic. Okay, they're too good. And that's what that's why it's making it easy for you. Okay, all right. All right. Well, we'll see what the postman can come up with next week. Um, 
Good stuff. Uh, if you want to uh, enjoy the show a bit more, make sure you go and watch The Island. Uh, you might curse us for it next week, or you might say, ah, oh, good recommendation. But we'll be discussing that next week, along with all the usual jazz that you get on this superb new podcast of the week, Gone With The Rewind. You can check us out on all the social media places. That is Gone With The Rewind Movies on Instagram. It's I thought it was Gone With The Rewind on Twitter, but I had a look at the account, and it just says Gone Rewind. So something's happened there. Uh, Go and check out Gone Rewind on Twitter. Um, If you want to check out what the Chief's been up to, head over to YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel. It's a geek culture YouTube channel. It's called Armageekdon. Not Armageddon, Armageekdon. Uh, Go and check out that. I've got a new video coming up this weekend, actually, because I'm going away for a board gaming weekend with some buddies. I'm going to take some films and review some board games and stuff. Um, What about you, Booker T? Where can the people find your good stuff? You'll find me on Instagram, DJ Booker T. Um, I also have a YouTube channel under the same name. My YouTube channel sort of varies between uh, parody movies and some uh, reviews of motorcycle gears and me out riding on my Triumph Tiger. And, of course, you'll find me on Instagram with lots of different content um, based around different things. Uh, and the thing with the Gone with the Rewind is obviously the Instagram account is the VHS version and Twitter is the Betamax version. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Who's going to win the war? Um, listen, we are now also, we just got approved this week because uh, episode one was only available on Spotify, but uh, I've just been approved this week for iTunes and Google Play. So... Uh, iTunes services, I think, stuff like Podbean, uh, Podcaster, um, Stitcher, and all those things. So we should be available everywhere. So no excuse anymore to to not catch us on your favourite podcatcher, on your favourite pod player. Spread the word. Tell your loved ones. Get them subscribing. Get the listens up. Uh, if you're on iTunes, you can rate and review us. Um, give us 13 out of 13. Uh, tell them Chief and Brett sent you. Bump us up the chart, that funky iTunes algorithm that no one knows how it works. But uh, yeah, soon we will take over and uh, be number one. But um, thanks. Yeah, one for... one thing I'd sorry, one thing what? I'd like to add is if you are listening and you enjoy these, uh, as well as rating us, go back to the previous week where you see the post on Instagram or Facebook and tell us what you thought of the movie. Give yeah, us your thoughts. Definitely. We'd love definitely. to hear from you. Customer feedback is key, people, and we will engage with that, not a problem. So don't worry about that. You can say negative stuff. You can say positive stuff. We'll, we'll reply to you anyway. But, uh, well, don't tell us to F off or anything. It'll call us dicks. But, you know, uh, about the movies, uh, you know, you can have an opinion. But, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, and I've forgotten what our closer is. Uh, you say goodbye and then I say something and that's the end. <laughs> don't you do a clapboard or something? I do, yes. I say, and that's a wrap. Okay, well, there it is. That is a wrap. See you later. (laughs) Ciao, people.